This is a very sort of surprising way to start today's show. But there is now speculation that Donald Trump is in Washington, D.C., and may be getting arrested or indicted imminently. Now, it is speculative, but the speculation is based on a previously unannounced, seemingly last minute trip that uh, Donald Trump made to Washington, D.C. last night. Newsweek reporting Donald Trump's surprise visit to Washington, D.C., sparks arrest speculation. Trump made a surprised and unannounced visit to D.C. Sunday, prompting speculation and rumors about the reason for his trip. The video of Trump arriving at Dulles Airport in Virginia, an airport frequently used by those heading to the Capitol, was posted online by freelance reporter Andrew Lydon. Trump can be seen getting out of a plane, heading into a vehicle. Trump appears to be wearing golf shoes and a white polo top. Now, we're getting into details that seem so trivial, but there have already been counterpoints that it appears to be a golf, uh, uh, his golf shoes, but those are not actually shoes Trump wears to golf. And thus, the idea is he is not just showing up to golf or necessarily coming from the golf course. Uh, But Trump does stay at his golf courses when he uh, travels around, if there's one available. And the motorcade then uh, is believed to have gone in the direction of one of Trump's golf courses. Now, there is video of what took place, and there are a number of very strange things in the video. We're going to play it, see if you can spot some of them. Then I'll mention a couple of things that I notice and that others have noticed as well. Uh, We see Donald Trump coming off the plane, holding something not totally clear what he is holding and getting into a vehicle is making its way off. And then this is at 631 p.m. And then they drive away. One of the really, really strange things that was pointed out is that it sort of looks like Trump is carrying a bottle of ketchup, a bottle of ketchup which is an extraordinarily strange thing for a president, a former president to be carrying. But it might be something else could be a MAGA hat folded up or who knows what it is. So there's a couple of different things going on here. First of all, do we really know why he's in D.C.? We don't. Do we know that it is an unexpected and unplanned trip up until the last moment? We do, because there generally is awareness of the soon to be whereabouts of the former president. One explanation would be some kind of medical issue, certainly a possibility. Uh, Second possibility, he's he's back to be reinstated as president of the United States. (laughs) Uh, Not one I believe is likely, but there are already the the sort of Q people and conspiracy people that are speculating along these lines already. Uh, And number three is that it has something to do with the federal investigation against him. for he's in there in the city for meetings that were previously undisclosed based on who knows what is going on. Okay, fine. Um, This is strange. There are a number of strange things here. And for people who understand sort of protocol and the amount of information that is known ahead of time about where Donald Trump plans to be, this is certainly unusual. Now, for those who are continuing to have this idea of the perp walk, the perp walk that at some point may happen if Donald Trump is indicted, I don't think it makes sense to hold our breaths for that. As I've said before, every indication that if indeed Donald Trump is going to be indicted, that there is going to be a sort of coordinated handoff involving Secret Service and that there is not going to be the perp walk that many of us admittedly would love to see of Donald Trump at some point in time. But no shortage of the conspiracy people immediately jumping to he is back to be declared president by, I don't know, the newly anointed King Charles the third or who the hell knows what. 
Uh, that is not what Donald Trump is in Washington, D.C. for. You now know everything that is known to us as of this moment. And by the time today's episode goes live, by the time this clip gets up on YouTube and Facebook and elsewhere, since it takes a couple of hours for us to turn the show around, there may be more known and we will then follow up about it. I have some amazing video from uh, radical Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's recent debate. As some of you may know, there is a 2022 midterm election just around the corner, now about seven weeks away. And some of the main debates are starting. We are following very closely. Will John Fetterman and Mehmet Oz debate? Will Herschel Walker finally agree to debate Raphael Warnock? And we are following all of these. Lauren Boebert participated in a debate against her opponent, Adam Frisch, and she seemed to glitch very, very badly. I don't know how many of you remember when Marco Rubio during a Republican primary debate in 2016 repeated the same answer multiple times, almost like a glitchy robot. I don't know how many of you remember uh, Kelly Leffler with her radical liberal Raphael Warnock repeated it repeated line during her debates with Raphael Warnock. Lauren Boebert answering close to a dozen questions by talking about Nancy Pelosi and her con game. It is bizarre. The Boebert bot glitching badly. Check this out. Candidate Boebert, you have three minutes for that. Nancy Pelosi is running a con game in Washington, D.C. By the way, Nancy Pelosi is not Lauren Boebert's opponent in case in case you thought maybe that's why she kept talking about Pelosi. Nancy's con game works like this. Fire Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's. I'm Adam Frisch. I'm not Nancy Pelosi. I'm Adam Frisch. I'm not Nancy <laughs> Pelosi. I'm Nancy Pelosi uh, plays and it with Pelosi's con game. Pelosi pushes this, but she will put a 2000 page bill on our desks at midnight. Nancy Pelosi's con game playing Nancy's con game to do it. Yeah. DC to play Nancy Pelosi's con game. I it makes me terribly sad when Nancy Pelosi uses the thing. It meant Pelosi's more inflation, more borrowing from China, and Pelosi knows it. Pelosi's con games. This was um, a, a blank check, and okay. Um, I'm Adam Frisch. I'm not Nancy Pelosi. There was no interest, and Nancy Pelosi <laughs> is running a con game. Under Pelosi, Democrats are told the Pelosi con game in Aspen, and just like Pelosi, budget committee, and Nancy Pelosi will not. It's t not time to help Nancy Pelosi. It is time to fire Nancy Pelosi. This election, say no to liberal extremists and their army of IRS agents. I'm Adam Frisch. I'm not Nancy Pelosi. I'm Adam Frisch. I'm not Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> okay. Um... They have quite literally nothing to offer. There is nothing to offer there. And if you live in uh, Lauren Boebert's district in Colorado, it's a very red district. I understand that in Boebert. Um, uh, oh, oh, no, actually, this may be a district that was redrawn. So in any case, the previously Boebert's district was was a very red district. Fine. You don't like Nancy Pelosi, but don't you as a Republican in her district uh, Boebert's district still want to hear some vision of what Boebert will do, even if it's things that I don't agree with. Don't their own voters want to hear here are the types of regulations I'm going to try to get cut. 
Here's how I would change the tax code. Here's uh, here are the types of projects I would support in order to bring dollars into this district. Like, it seems weird that even the voters in Colorado are so concerned with Nancy Pelosi in this way that this would be an effective campaign strategy. But the saddest thing about it is this stuff can probably work OK in these highly weaponized electorates. When, when you have such a highly weaponized constituency as Lauren Boebert does, where they don't even really understand the types of things Lauren Boebert could be advocating for for them. They have become propagandized to the point where her own voters believe the role of someone like Boebert, whoever is their member of Congress, is to do things like fight the Pelosi con job. We have such a lack of education and understanding of what these elected officials can even do for us, that there was a time where the way that these debates would go would be it would be a focus on the district. And sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, Congress has a uh, investigative role when it comes to whether to bring articles of impeachment and Congress has an oversight role. Of course, they choose the Speaker of the House. Yes. But there was a time when what voters wanted to hear was their candidates understanding of their district, not what's going on in Nancy Pelosi, San Francisco or in Washington, D.C. Understand what's going on in our district. Hey, you know what? In our district, we have a dozen bridges that are rated low, whatever, high risk of uh, possible failure. Here are the three ways in which I'm going to take care of those bridges in our district so that all of your commutes to work are safer, so that we don't risk huge traffic inter uh, interruptions when these and loss of life. We prevent loss of life when you and your kids are driving over. This is just an example. But there was a time where that was the approach and the candidates would debate about, well, I would like to uh, better our infrastructure this way versus the other candidate wants to better our infrastructure that way. I'm talking 30 years ago at least. OK, but that's the way it used to be. It's now, oh, Nancy Pelosi's con job. And this is something they just they've tried before with this stuff. It fortunately failed for Kelly Loeffler. But remember when Kelly Loeffler pulled this or tried to pull it against Raphael Warnock during that special election in 2021? The Democrats want to fundamentally change America, and the agent of change is my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. 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 Radical liberal Raphael Warnock is a socialist. Radical liberal Raphael Warnock. 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 Anyway, it goes on from there. Now, fortunately, in that special election in Georgia, it didn't work. And there were some special dynamics, including, quite frankly, that Trump and people around him were saying it was all rigged anyway in Georgia in November. And that probably dissuaded a lot of Republicans from even going out to vote on January 5th in that special election, because, listen, even their dear orange leader told them it's all rigged. Your vote essentially doesn't matter. So a lot of special things went on there. And so it didn't work for Leffler. But this is not a new thing. And it has succeeded for them to some degree because their constituents accept it. They have come to embrace a complete lack of policy discussion in exchange, accepting things like, well, Warnock's a socialist and Nancy Pelosi's running a con job. Let's see how it works out for them in November. 
Next week on 919, September 19, we will be doing our next one day membership special, folding in many new members into the ranks of membership. I hope if you've been thinking I would get a membership, but it's got to be a good deal. Get on my newsletter at davidpackman.com. And then next Monday, 919, you'll get an email from us bright and early in the morning telling you how to take advantage of this great membership discount. Plastic is everywhere we look and not enough is being done about it. One hundred billion plastic bags are used and thrown away every year, but you can help make a change. Our sponsor, Hold On, makes trash and kitchen bags that are heavy duty, plant based, non toxic and 100 percent home compostable, which means they break down in weeks rather than decades. They don't fill up our landfills. They don't pollute our oceans. Their zip seal kitchen bags come in sandwich or gallon bag sizes to fit your needs. And the best part about hold on bags is they work. I use them at home. They're just as good as all of the name brand bags. You fill them up, they stretch and they don't break. Everybody uses trash bags and freezer bags. If you care about the planet, you can do something by using hold on bags instead. And it's a really easy way to do your part to shop plant based bags and replace single use plastics all over your home. Go to holdonbags.com and you'll save 20% with the code Pacman at checkout. The link is in the podcast notes. Your Internet provider, websites you visit, social media companies, they all follow you around online and profit from selling your data. Anyone can piece together this data about you. It's quite disturbing. The solution is make yourself anonymous with private Internet access. Our sponsor, private Internet access has gone further than any other VPN to demonstrate their commitment to your privacy. They don't collect or store any data about user activity. They've proven this in court multiple times. Their software is 100 percent open source, so you can see that no data is being logged. Everybody should be using a VPN for your research on which VPN is most trustworthy. I think you'll land where I did private Internet access. It's great for streaming. They have 24 seven customer support. They have a 30 day money back guarantee if you don't love it. You can choose from IP addresses in 84 countries and all 50 U.S. states. My audience gets 82 percent off so you can stay protected for just two eleven a month. Plus, you'll get three months free. Go to privateinternetaccesscom slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. Former Democratic Senator Al Franken appeared on CNN alongside Republican strategist Alice Stewart to talk about the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and the political orientation of the court. And I have not seen anything like this in a very long time. Al Franken turned Alice Stewart into a sputtering mess over the issue of Republicans holding up nominations, including that of Merrick Garland. And it is a, it's truly a pleasure to watch. And, you know, one of the things we've been talking about on the show is Democrats need to be on the offensive. Gavin Newsom said Democrats need to be ruthless. And I completely agree. We need more like this, because when you actually don't allow them to squirm away from direct questions like when else was this strategy used to deny nominees a hearing other than for Merrick Garland, Alice Stewart completely implodes. This is so well done. Take a look. A week before the election. That destroyed the legitimacy of the court. 
Alice, what do you think? Did, did Chief Justice Roberts sort of, I mean, he sort of uh, ignored some of what Al is talking about there and that there is I mean, a, 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 a tremendous amount of controversy uh, as to how this court got tilted in the direction of the far right. Just to, to throw a little accuracy in, in some of what, what Al said there. Look, the, the Merrick Garland was held up because we had a divided government. We had a Democrat in the White House and we had Republicans in control of... That's not, of what, the, was the, the, of, that's not of, what McConnell but, said. But, but that's the way historically this has been. When you're in close to an election no, year and you no, have divided that's government... That's not the yes, way it's been yes, historically done. Yes. And when, when you have divided government, there typically is a... Now, you'll actually see the moment she starts sputtering. Inclination to... Tell uh, me when this to, happened before. When you... When Tell me when it happened to an, before. When you're, well, Merrick Garland uh, is certainly one. When there's a divided government... No, before they're not Merrick moving forward. Garland. They're, they're, moving, they're not moving forward. When Tell me when this government. happened before. I, Al, I'm telling you, this is what the uh, Mitch Tell McConnell me when it said. happened before. <laughs> I, I, I can't you said this give is you what happened historically. Tell me when it happened before. Look, this is the way that the Republicans when? Uh, went, went. Like, I can't give you an exact example of when this happened no, in the because, past. No, you know why I you can't? You, because it hadn't happened before. Look, the basis for not appointing him was because of that specific reason. But moving no, forward, it wasn't. And, and McConnell's explicitly said that it was the, quote, Biden rule. And he quoted a little piece of a, of a speech that Biden had given in June of 80. <laughs> and he, Biden said they wouldn't take up if they weren't consulted. And, if, and this was about someone resigning in June after a term of the court which is very different than someone dying. Scalia died in, in February. And you saw, you guys, if you can find the tape, you can find uh, Lindsey Graham saying, I, I, keep the tape. We will not take up a judge if, if someone dies, a, 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 a nominee, if someone dies in an election year in the next, in the next election. This is total hypocrisy, and you actually, I, I'm surprised that you're claiming this, and you can't come up with an example because there is none. The, the, to get back to the point of the conversation No, but this is here, the point. No, Kamala Harris, this is the point. This is the point. That's exactly right. <laughs> We're talking about Kamala Harris and her calling Kamala. the current uh, Supreme Court justices, activist justices, because she doesn't like the outcome of the ruling. And... Uh, when they made their decision. Yeah. And of course, the point here is, how did this court even become what it is? Um, I think that to some degree, uh, this is what Democrats need to do every time Republicans lie. Call them out, shame them, continue to expose that they are lying. Now, why was the, why did this even happen? You have to understand, right? It's because Jim Acosta allowed it to happen in many other settings. The anchor or the interviewer will will prevent this from happening either uh, for reasons of time and formatting or because they want to bail out one side. Jim Acosta at any point could have jumped in and saved Alice Stewart. She didn't deserve to be saved. And it's a good thing that Jim Acosta didn't. She was lying. And the other person she's arguing against called her out for her lies. And it was silly to think that you were going to be able to get away with that with someone like Al Franken. Al Franken identified the silly game and he called it out. Now, uh, this is representative of a bigger issue with the Republican Party right now. They have zero integrity in politics. If there is no precedent 
or a rule that says you can't do something, they will do it. And then they will say that's the precedent. I mean, think of the I want to stop short of calling it evil genius because it's it's these things aren't really that smart. They work because the system tolerates them and the people tolerate them. And maybe maybe we shouldn't. But the uh, the idea here is she says, OK, well, we did this thing with Merrick Garland and Al Franken says, but what's the precedent for that? And she says, well, it happened with Garland. Right. No. But what's the precedent at that point? What was the precedent? We did it with Garland. No, but that Garland can't be the precedent for Garland. It's all so stupid and it's such a base and fundamentally vapid uh, uh, sort of framing of the debate. But when they're allowed to get away with it, of course, they're going to continue doing it. And, you know, to go back to the Al Franken thing, we've talked about this before. Al Franken did engage in a very distasteful joke, you know, this photograph uh, that that led to his eventual resignation from the uh, from the Senate. Um, I, I do think Democrats were a little quick in order to show their lack of hypocrisy in demanding that Franken resign when compared to so many other things that have happened for which no one has resigned. It was so minor. And we've talked to Democrats who say, yeah, it was it was actually a little bit uh, jumping the gun on demanding Franken resign just to show how non hypocritical we are. Uh, Franken is really good at this and absolutely humiliating there for Alice Stewart. Also humiliating, by the way, new interview on the anniversary of 9-11, the 21st anniversary of 9-11, which was over the weekend. Republican Senate nominee in Georgia, Herschel Walker, appeared on Fox News's program with Maria Bartiromo. And he tried to make a statement about the 21st anniversary of 9-11, and it was completely unintelligible and confusing, very shaky. The entire interview was very shaky. He is now winning in more polls. Walker is now ahead of Warnock in Georgia. And look at how he can't even make sense of anything. Well, you know, you got to pay tribute to uh, the 9-11 victims, uh, you know, but also you saw America come together. You saw America come together because this country was, uh, you know, it was uh, on the war with uh, a country that didn't believe in us. And right. What? This country was on the war against a country that didn't believe in us. And then the country came together. Does he think that the Iraq war was related to 9-11, even though that's been widely debunked for decades. Does he think that the war was with a different country? It's not clear what he's talking about. Now we have uh, leaders in Washington like Joe Biden doing venomous speeches. Right. That doesn't believe in America people. He right. So Walker continuing to really struggle to make any sense. Walker at one point raised the great Maya Angelou and um, try to use language that certainly would make Maya Angelou uh, up in the heavens, roll her eyes, I'm sure. For this country, I'm fighting for Georgia, because if we give up that seat, and I know Maya Angelou said it, when you see what, when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Mm. Right now, since Raphael won up, been in office, we got higher taxes, we got higher gas prices, we got the economy is gone, it's, it's terrible. Right. We have almost full employment. We have gas prices seeing one of their fastest declines in a long time. 
The gas price increase had nothing to do with Warnock. The gas price decrease has nothing to do with Warnock. Um, and then as far as taxes going up, there just there has not been a tax reform where, quote, taxes have gone up in the in the vague and overarching way that Herschel Walker is talking about. Just none of it makes sense. During the same interview, Walker saying 70 percent of drugs go through Atlanta, Georgia. Tell me about the issues and what needs to be done regarding the border and crime. Well, one of the things that people don't know, Georgia is not a border state, but 70 percent of the drugs coming into this country goes through Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. And that's something that my opponent don't want to address. Well, he's not addressing it because there's no evidence that it's true. It's really unclear what Walker means by 70 percent of drugs coming into this country go through Atlanta. I researched it under any of its possible meanings. I was unable to verify that claim. Does he mean that the 70 percent of drugs are, are coming through the Atlanta airport, which is a major airport? Does he mean that 70 percent of the drugs are being driven through Atlanta, Georgia on the roads by no possible definition? Was I able to verify that? And then lastly, Walker with I think that this is a transphobic statement, but it's not even really clear. That's something that my opponent don't want to address. You don't want to address the border. Have you noticed that it seems like everyone on the left don't want to address the problem, this economy, crime. They don't want to address uh, they don't address men and women's sports. They don't want to address they even talking about they rather talk about whether a man can get pregnant. That's not important. Right. Yeah, uh, he really has a way with words, but I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And he is increasingly winning, winning his race. Can you believe that if we look at the latest polling data, the last three polls have Walker ahead, the last three polls have Walker ahead. This is a guy who should have zero percent support. But our electorate and particularly the electorates of states like Georgia, to some degree, particularly among Republicans in Georgia, horrifying, weaponized, propagandized individuals. It's scary stuff, extraordinarily scary stuff. John Bolton and Michael Cohen both speculated that Donald Trump likely moved at least some of the documents the FBI wanted to a different golf club. And it is now increasingly looking like that may well be the case. Did Trump transfer documents to Bedminster? That's another one of his golf clubs. Ex FBI official floats the theory. Peter Strzok, um had a very interesting tweet thread uh, over the weekend where he said, better check Bedminster on May 6th. Nara emails Trump to say material is missing and maybe at Mar-a-Lago that we know this is part of what ultimately led to the raid on May 9th. Trump gets on a private plane from Paul Beach to met Bedminster on video. Several boxes are seen loaded onto the plane. That is indeed true. You see in this picture. There are boxes being loaded onto the plane. Okay, but we don't the boxes are boxes. There could be, you know, just Sudafed in there. It could be anything. Peter Strzok goes on to say, does the type and brand of box look familiar? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, it does look like the exact type of box that is pictured in the image of Donald Trump's office where the documents were found. Great visual, says Peter Strzok. Though number one might be two stacked boxes, meaning nine, not eight boxes. Good example of harm to national security from waiting to use Mar-a-Lago classified documents. ID and interview these folks, compare their fingerprints to those on the seized documents and empty folders. 
And uh, certainly when you look at this video, you do see a lot of boxes that look identical to the ones that were carried out uh, that were photographed in Trump's office being carried onto the plane. That is absolutely true. Now, it is speculative. This is a speculative case, but it makes perfect sense. And remember, Trump's own former national security advisor, Michael, Bol uh, Michael Bolton. <laughs> it would be like Trump to have Michael Bolton as his. Uh, I, I make what happened there is Michael Cohen and John Bolton. I it's a portmanteau. Michael Bolton, the uh, singer, um, John Bolton, Trump's former national security advisor, said he probably moved documents elsewhere. Michael Cohen, who knows Trump well, said he probably has documents elsewhere. These are likely not all the documents. Then we find empty folders marked top secret. And of course, Trump didn't take empty folders. At some point, they had something in them. And where the documents are remains a question. We don't know for sure. But as we build up a picture of what took place, we see that the likeliest scenario, the simplest explanation is that there are documents elsewhere somewhere, and now it's a matter of finding them. We'll have the clip I played of the boxes being loaded. If you're just listening today, we'll have that clip on our Instagram. Find us on Instagram at David Pakman show if you want to take a look for yourself. The David Pakman show's longest running sponsor is Blinkist, the app that takes thousands of nonfiction books, boils each of them down into an explainer you can read or listen to in 15 minutes. Blinkist also condenses episodes of popular podcasts into 15 minute explainers. I've been using Blinkist for years to supplement the books I read. I love reading. I, I read all the time. But there's even more books I don't have time to read. And you can often find those nonfiction books on Blinkist and consume the entire thing in 15 minutes. My favorite new feature on the app is Blinkist Connect, which lets you share your Blinkist premium account with someone else. You basically get two accounts for the price of one. And then you can also share Blinkist books and podcasts between users. I have a joint Blinkist premium account. With my girlfriend, Blinkist Connect lets us sync together what books and podcasts we're listening to on Blinkist sparks many interesting discussions. We just listened to Robert Greene's The 48 Laws of Power, the new version. Robert Greene, super interesting writer, find his books fascinating. You can try Blinkist free for seven days and get 25% off a premium subscription at Blinkist.com slash David Pakman. That's B L I N K I S T dot com slash David Pakman to get Blinkist free for seven days and 25% off a subscription. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors is Allform, the easiest way to design your own custom sofa. I have one from Allform. Unlike other companies, Allform lets you choose the fabric, the size, the shape, color, even the color of the legs. I have not one, but two all form sofas. I've had them for years. They look good as new. Definitely the most comfortable furniture I own. And it gets even cooler because all form sofas are completely modular. You can buy a sofa and if you move, you can adapt it to the new space by adding on to it or rearranging its elements. That is definitely not something you get from your typical sofa company. Allform has everything from eight piece sectionals to love seats and armchairs. Everything is made in the USA using premium materials. 
all form makes sure that assembly is really easy. I didn't even need any tools, which is good because I have very few tools and you can keep the sofa for over three months and send it back free if you don't like it for a full refund right now. All form is giving my audience 20% off all orders at allform.com slash Pacman. That's a L L F O R M.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Well, this you have to see to believe or maybe not. Donald Trump wants you and me taxpayers to pay for his bogus special master that never should have even been granted. So let's back up and I'll tell you what's going on. Business Insider headline. Trump wants to split the cost of the special master with the government, but the DOJ wants him to pay for it. Uh, A judge granted Trump's request for a special master, but the DOJ has appealed the decision. Now, remember, Judge Eileen Cannon granted Trump's request for a special master. A special master would take control of all the documents seized from Trump's Mar-a-Lago, would review them and would see Are there documents here that shouldn't be part of the FBI investigation because they are in some way privileged? Are there documents here that shouldn't be part of the investigation, maybe because they contain medical information or whatever the case may be? That granting of a special master has been found by legal experts who have weighed in to be absolutely absurd and raises major questions about Judge Eileen Cannon. Fine. But then we get to the question of who's going to pay for this. A new court filing shows the two sides disagree over who should pay for the special master. The government said Trump, as the party requesting the special master, should bear the cost. But Trump wants the government to split it with him, even though the DOJ does not agree. The filing also outlined disagreements between the government and Trump's legal team regarding how the entire special master process would unfold. No surprise there. Trump's team proposed to split evenly the professional fees and expenses of the special master and any professionals, support staff and expert consultants engaged at the master's request. But the Justice Department has already started reviewing the seized materials, doesn't want a special master appointed and disagreed. The government's position is that as the party requesting the special master, plaintiff should bear the additional expense of the special master's work. Um, this actually could be so hypothetical. If Judge Eileen Cannon is coming around to the fact that her decision to grant the special master was the wrong decision, if she's coming around to that, this could be a way to get out because we know Trump doesn't pay for stuff and the decision could be made. uh, You pay for all of it or there's no special master. That would be one thing that to, to look at that would be interesting. But the whole premise of Trump's argument Uh, And the judge ruling with him is that his documents must be protected and sorted through. The government doesn't have such a concern. If the government believes that they were authorized to obtain the documents, that everything was done on the up and up, all of those things. And and uh, uh, indeed, remember that classified and top secret documents, those aren't Trump's documents. Those are government documents. If Trump wants to make the case they are his documents and they shouldn't be released and all these different things. It should be him. It should be he who actually ends up paying for it. And we don't know if that's actually the the direction it's going to go. It doesn't make sense that Trump gets to dictate to the government what of its own documents, because remember, as William Barr has said this, 
Um, who else has said so many Republicans have now said these aren't Trump's documents. These are government documents. These are the people's documents, for lack of a better term. It doesn't make sense that Trump gets to tell the government what they need to do with their own documents. And then they also pay for that. It, it is Trump who has to get to do that. He wants the special master. He should have to pay for it. It doesn't make sense to keep deferring to him in this way. Now, what's the strategy? The strategy is just to delay. That's the strategy. And it's a well-known legal strategy. You often it applies often in, in criminal trials where most criminal defense attorneys will tell you the longer we can delay, the better for everybody. Number one, and this is I sort of say this tongue in cheek, but also not the more motions to delay that a lawyer can file and succeed with, uh, the more the lawyer gets to bill all else being equal and continue extending, extending, extending. And listen, at the end of the day, yeah, lawyers want to make money. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Yeah, sometimes people want to make money. OK, but that's not to suggest lawyers would unethically do that. There is also the legal explanation, which the lawyers have told me, which is the longer you can delay a criminal case. Witnesses might die. Witnesses recollection becomes less accurate. Documents might be lost. Evidence might be misplaced. And it generally speaking favors defendants to delay, delay, delay in criminal trials. Laws might change. This applies more to like white collar. And even though generally speaking, the way you are prosecuted is based on what the law was at the time. It's still not going to hurt you if the law changes in a way that is favorable. All these different things can happen. So that's the strategy here. Delay as much as possible, period. And this is it's like a kid trying to delay bedtime. Well, you know, I need to use the bathroom and I'm getting thirsty and oh, I don't know. I need to check what's my lunch tomorrow and now I'm hungry and then, oh, well, I got to brush my teeth again. It's the same type of thing. And now Trump wants you to pay for it. And hopefully that is rejected. Let's talk a little bit about William Barr. William Barr was the attorney general at the end of Donald Trump's failed presidential term. And William Barr has basically turned on Trump, but would probably still vote for him over a Democrat. I know. Think think that through. Uh, but William Barr has now said, listen, all of this stuff about privilege doesn't make sense. Trump having documents at a country club doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. And now it does appear as though Trump has fully turned on William Barr as well. Sort of a deranged open mic night feel at Bedminster over the weekend. That's one of Donald Trump's golf clubs. And in what is just an absolutely terrible, terrible attempt at stand up comedy, uh, Trump went after Bill Barr basically by calling him fat, saying all he wanted to do was eat. Check this out. And I apologize for the poor audio quality. <laughs> What's crazier, the things that Trump says, like my attorney general was fat, <laughs> even though, by the way, Trump doesn't exactly look like he's missed too many meals uh, or the fact that the cult members laugh as if this stuff were funny, as if this stuff were fun. Both are kind of weird. Um, 
Another uh, clip, this also, I believe this is also from Bedminster, but in a different room or something. Here, Trump is already suggesting that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's running for governor of Arkansas, and yes, she's the daughter of former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee. Trump already is floating that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to have the election stolen from her due to this uh, ubiquitous and ever present fraud. I bought a Trump tie. Can you believe that? <laughs> right mine. And I said, I love this guy. I love this guy. But Mike has been a friend of mine from the beginning, and yep. his daughter, as you know, and I give, I give Janet the credit. I give Janet the credit. But and they're both here, by the way, two incredible people. But his daughter uh, is just an exceptional person. Yeah, an exceptional person. And when you see what they have right now, feeding us the information, and then you compare that with Sarah, uh, it's uh, it's not even believable. She was so incredible, and she took abuse and she gave it back when necessary. But she took tremendous abuse, and they were nasty right from day one. Terrible. But there was nobody ever like her, and now she's going to be. Well, I mean, we don't want to talk. There still is an election in November, Mike, right? You know, so she still has to win it. They say pretty routine, but there's nothing routine in politics, Mike. You know, maybe those votes don't come in. Maybe they find a couple of million votes like they did with us. You know? <laughs> There'll be a big dump at 3.02 in the morning in the state of Arkansas. More dumps. Her votes will be found, and she will have lost by 100 votes. Now, I mean, it's not going to happen, but she, uh, but she still does have an election, so we have to remember that. But she's an incredible person. Yeah. Now, Trump is right. It, it does seem like it's that George, the uh, Arkansas gubernatorial seems like it's mostly going to be a formality. Doesn't look like a Democrat's going to take that one. But uh, this is the constant undermining of, of uh, confidence in our election systems. And there's nothing concerning happening in Arkansas, period. There is nothing concerning happening in Arkansas as far as the election goes. It's an extremely red state and Sarah Huckabee Sanders will probably win. But in some other places that are slightly less red, red, but slightly less red, we've already seen Democrats win and they immediately say that there's fraud. There is no evidence of fraud. It's that we do have a unique situation where many Americans are completely sick and tired of these Republican nuts. You have many Americans who are seeing Roe v. Wade, nothing done on gun safety, uh, nothing presented as far as policy, just attacking Democrats, attacking liberals on and on and on. And uh, they're sick enough of it that independents primarily, but some Republicans are choosing to vote for Democrats and turning out in greater numbers. And so we've seen some relatively surprising Democratic wins early so far, and we will see what happens in November. It's not even a question. They're going to do the voter fraud routine again. It's there's not not even a doubt. Sarah Palin has already done it in Alaska. Carrie Lake did it in Arizona. Um, interestingly, nobody's saying there was fraud where Liz Cheney lost her primary in Wyoming. Very interesting. I wonder why that is incredible with years of fraud in every race. Suddenly, the Wyoming primary for Liz Cheney was totally clean. Well, what can you do? Must be some explanation for that. But they're going to keep doing this and it's it's totally plausible. It will again lead to violence at some point in the future. Horrible stuff. And they do it so casually. It's very anti-American. The science has shown us that one of the ways to achieve consistent deep sleep is to lower your core body temperature at night. It also is just really uncomfortable to be too hot when you're trying to sleep.
Our longtime sponsor, Chili Sleep, makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that improve your sleep by keeping you cool at night. Chili Sleep's Cube and Uller sleep systems are hydro powered mattress toppers. They fit on your existing mattress and they provide the ideal sleep temperature. You can keep your bed as cool as 55 degrees or as hot as 115. I like 62 personally. Stop waking up hot and sweaty in the middle of the night with chilly sleep. You'll stay cool all night and stay asleep. You're really going to experience a totally different bed when you install this thing. Chilly sleep has been a total game changer for me. I didn't even know it was possible to cool your bed down like this before discovering chilly sleep. It's fantastic. And chilly sleep is the only company on the market doing it like this. You'll get 30% off your new cube or Uller sleep system at chillysleep.com slash Pacman. That's C H I L I sleep.com slash Pacman for 30% off your new chilly sleep system. We're going to take a quick tour through sort of a new level of depravity for radical Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she's as disgusting as she is hypocritical. Remember all of Marjorie Taylor Greene's my HIPAA stuff where somebody would ask her, hey, are you vaccinated? And she would go, well, that's my HIPAA. And of course, it wasn't. HIPAA relates to the transmission of medical data by medical professionals and providers and insurance companies and associated organizations. If a reporter goes, hey, are you vaccinated? It doesn't violate HIPAA. But uh, we now have Marjorie Taylor Greene sharing the medical information of a child. Now, we're going to look at an article from LGBTQ Nation. There's nothing really concerning in what I'm going to show you, uh, but there are like sort of very mild medical pictures that are going to come up as part of what Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted just as a heads up. Marjorie Taylor Greene shares child's medical photos in bizarre anti-trans rant. It's not clear the congresswoman even knows what the photos show, but she's sure they show a minor. And she shared the pictures anyway. OK, Marjorie Taylor Greene shared pictures of one or more minors on Twitter in order to attack the family of a possibly transgender young person. This child is not old enough to vote, buy cigarettes or watch an R rated movie, but they let her choose to have them cut her breast off. She wrote while sharing a tweet with two pictures. One of the pictures shows a girl in her early teens fully dressed. The other shows a young person in their late teens or early 20s shirtless after what happens, what appears to be a double mastectomy. My Protect Children's Innocence Act will stop this, she wrote, referring to a bill she introduced last month. Green retweeted anti-trans activist Chloe Cole, who wrote reality check. Nothing is OK about this. OK, so the pictures are here. OK, there's 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 really nothing. There's almost nothing that we can see here um, on the left. Again, it's a picture of what appears to be a young woman. And then on the right, you can't even really tell if it's the same person. You, you can't really tell anything about it. There's someone with with band-aids over their nipples and um, uh, there's a scar and there could have been a double mastectomy there. It, it, we don't even really know who this is or what it is. But Marjorie Taylor Greene's belief is that it's all the same person and that at least in some of these pictures, maybe all this individual is a minor. Now, what's called gender affirming surgery is not performed on minors, writes LGBTQ Nation. 
In fact, the oft-repeated claim was rated false by PolitiFact. Nevertheless, the idea that children's hospitals are performing gender-affirming surgeries on young children has gained traction on the far right, leading to harassment and death threats against pediatricians. Okay, I don't even care about that part because we've covered that part before. This is not a HIPAA issue. What Marjorie Taylor Greene did here is not a HIPAA issue. HIPAA relates to medical professionals and related organizations sharing information about patients. But if Marjorie Taylor Greene is concerned with medical privacy to the point where when she's asked by a journalist, are you vaccinated? She goes, that's my HIPAA. You don't get to ask me that. Then she really should care about this. This should be wrong based on her own apparent moral compass. There is no such thing as a low below which this woman will not stoop. She's a horrible person. I hope that there are consequences for this. These people offer nothing substantive. And as we talked about earlier in the show, when Lauren Boebert, during her debate against her opponent in Colorado, mentioned Nancy Pelosi's con job a dozen times, part of it is that stuff works to some degree with their electorate because their electorate is so weaponized. The other part of it is uh, they don't actually have anything substantive to offer. Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't offer any policy. And um, this is what you get when you put these people in power, retweeting pictures of individuals she believes are minors. We don't know that they're minors. We don't know the origins of the picture. We really don't know anything. But she believes that at least in, in one of those pictures, that individual is a minor, if it's even the same person in both pictures. And she still is retweeting and amplifying it. It's absolutely horrifying. Hey, here's very interesting news. The next Alex Jones defamation trial is starting. Now, I know many of you are probably thinking, David, we we just had the, the defamation trial. What do you mean, Alex Jones? There was a judgment against him for 50 million. You interviewed me. I interviewed the attorney, Mark Bankston. Well, remember, Mark Bankston told us that was only the first of many trials. And the Associated Press is now reporting trials set to begin for Alex Jones in Sandy Hook case. A month after losing one nearly 50 million dollar verdict, conspiracy theorist Alex Jones is set to go on trial a second time for calling the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting a hoax and causing several of the victims families emotional and psychological harm. A six member jury with several alternates in Connecticut will begin hearing evidence Tuesday on how much Jones should pay the families since he already has been found liable for damages to them. The trial is expected to last about four weeks. Last month, a Texas jury ordered Jones to pay forty nine point three million to the parents of six year old Jesse Lewis, one of twenty six students and teachers killed in the twenty twelve shooting in Newtown, Connecticut. Jones lawyers, uh, Jones lawyer said an appeal is planned. This is going to get really bad. This could be the end of Alex Jones and Infowars. And I have to tell you, the world would be better off if that were the case. The Connecticut case has the potential for an even larger award than the 50 million because it involves three lawsuits which have been consolidated that were filed by 15 plaintiffs, including the relatives of nine of the victims and a former FBI agent who responded to the shooting. This is going to be a really big deal and the best and most fair. If we want to talk about justice, the most just thing that can happen here is for Alex Jones to have to pay. Uh, all of these victims for what he did. And uh, this may end Infowars. That's true. 
Uh, at, the, at the same time, Alex Jones immediately started fundraising on the last verdict. And Roger Stone recorded videos supporting Alex Jones fundraising on that verdict. And um, it's not clear that this is it for his followers. It actually may be motivating his followers from from just little spits and spurts that I've been seeing on Twitter and elsewhere. Some of the Infowars audience is quite motivated to donate and to buy whatever stuff Alex Jones is selling on the basis of what they believe is a completely unfair verdict. So I don't think it is obvious yet that this is the end for Alex Jones and Infowars. But Mark Bankston, uh, the lawyer, the plaintiff's lawyer who we interviewed not long ago, he told me I probably don't have a defamation. Remember, Alex Jones has attacked me. I don't know how many of you guys remember that. Thank your lucky stars. Every day you're not Dave Pacman. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money, but everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Pac-Man's a loser. Yeah, unfortunately, that, according to Mark Bankston, does not raise my case to the point of defamation. But uh, this is probably going to clean out Alex Jones, even if there are comparatively smaller verdicts. There are so many plaintiffs in this next case. This could be the end and we will be covering it and we will see what happens. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here is a caller who uses very disgusting language, some of which we've had to clean up for our broadcast version of the show. Uh, but he also is making a point that is just wrong that I disagree with. Let's oh, just lost my microphone. Oh, my goodness. Did you guys see that? That was crazy. I literally just lost my microphone. Let's see if I can get it plugged back in. OK, there. I don't think that's ever happened on the show before. Uh, okay, that will probably be memed. We're back. The microphone is back. Uh, let's listen to the voicemail. Hey, David, I just wanted to know why you uh, prefer to gargle Joe Biden's nuts. That's a technical term, the gargling of nuts. On a regular basis. Like, I prefer the, I prefer the young Turks because they're at least willing to admit that he is a failure of a president. Right. He is a joke. He does nothing. Yeah. I've not seen that episode of TYT. You, you sit back waiting for headlines that make Joe Biden look good in your own eyes. You'll, you'll sit there and you'll suck his nuts. The entire segment. That's what you do. Hmm. So... Are you funded by the Democratic Party in any oh. capacity, or are you just that much of a shill for the Democratic Party? I don't understand. I thought you were smart initially, but oh, now I'm starting to doubt my initial assessment of you. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right, so let's go through it point by point. Joe Biden is uh, basically 20 months into his presidency. For the first 17 of those 20 months, when Joe Biden had an accomplishment, I would tell you that he had an accomplishment. And my growing sense was this presidency was not going well. Uh, the approval rating or lack thereof reflected that um, there was uh, there were long periods without any major legislative accomplishments. There were um, a number of different um, events that took place for Biden that were not useful to him. And I called out all of it. And yes, in the last three of his 20 month presidency, there is new life in Joe Biden's presidency, a number of important legislative accomplishments, um, a number of good economic factors that only relate a little bit to Joe Biden. Remember, as as 
as I always have. When we see something happen in the economy that doesn't really have anything to do with the president, I gladly tell you that. And I mentioned it still helps the president when good things happen in the economy. So I think that like many callers, one of two things may be going on. One, they see one of my clips in a vacuum where I praise something Joe Biden did. And their takeaway is that I am gargling Joe Biden's let's use a more polite term, apple bags, OK, that I'm gargling the apple bags, uh, sucking up to Joe Biden, I guess the, the phrase would be because they don't see my other clips and they haven't been paying attention to the show long. And that's one possibility. Other possibility is these people just don't care and they just want to make these allegations. And um, the third possibility is that they meant to call a different show that often will happen. I will sometimes get people who call in and they go, David, that thing you said about, uh, you know, someone I've never even talked about, that was absolutely horrible. I'm unsubscribing. I don't think you were even subscribed to me because I don't even know what you're talking about. So any of these possibilities are um, uh, on the table. But I have been very critical of the Biden administration. The last three months have been significantly better for him and many indicators looking better and better economically in the United States. That's the reality. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. It turns out that the incoming King Charles III, after the death of Queen Elizabeth II, King Charles will not have to pay inheritance tax on the Queen's private estate, which is worth more than seven hundred fifty million dollars. That's a great deal if you can get it. So we'll talk about what is normally the inheritance tax in the UK and how it is that King Charles avoids that. We are going to talk about Nigeria becoming the first country to ban foreign models and television ads. Television ads airing in Nigeria will have to have models, actors, maybe you, we would call them, who are Nigerian. And we'll talk about why they're doing it, how you enforce such a rule and more. And lastly, we are seeing more and more companies drop vaccine mandates for covid. The most interesting thing to me about this is that for years we were hearing from the anti vaccine right. The vaccine mandates at work are just the first step in whatever some dystopian authoritarian slippery slope of tyranny. And we, the reasonable people, knew all along that's not going to happen. That's not at all what this is. This is just vaccine mandates for when it makes sense. And then it's all going to kind of fade away. And that's exactly what's happening. And those people are completely silent at, at this point in time. All of those stories and more we will talk about on today's bonus show when I'm joined by producer Pat Ford. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. Couple other things to tell you about. Uh, we will be doing a uh, huge membership special on 919. That's next Monday, Monday, September 19th. It will be 919 themed. If you would like to take advantage of this great membership special, all you need to do is get on my mailing list at davidpackman.com. And then on the morning of 919, you will get an email telling you exactly how to sign up for a discounted membership. All right. Don't miss it. It's a doozy. My accountant is saying, David, don't do it. My business manager is saying, David, no. Our lawyer is saying, is this discount even legal? It's so huge. And I am saying we're doing it. We are doing it for the people. And so uh, I look forward to seeing you on the bonus show either today or after you get that discount.